In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Folks, what's up? It is Fry Yay. It is so bad. It's good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. How the heck are we? I did not have a Thursday show this week, and I'll tell you why in a second. There's nothing dramatic there. It's just stupid, stupid technical issues. But I was thinking about, you know, how much I I 
I put time into finding those those mashups, and I, I picked that one for a very specific reason because of Kelly Clarkson, which I want to get into in a second because, whew, I'm livid. Folks, I am livid. I need, I, if I get my hands on Kelly Clarkson's ex, I am going to squeeze him so tight in a bad way. Not in the good way, not in the good, not in the loving good squeeze way, the bad squeeze way, folks. Um, are we doing good? How was the week? I know I talked to a lot of people, including myself, uh, that said they weren't, they didn't feel too good on Thursday. I don't know if that was like a universal thing. I don't know if some kind of moons in vertigo or whatever we call it, ret- Gatorade, all, retrogate, all that. I don't know what happened. I'm assuming the moon. Uh, I always like to blame it on the moon now. But uh, I hope everybody's doing okay. And I guess here is your your message of hope is that you are at the weekend. Regardless of how this week went, the week is in the past. We we just deal with today and the next day and the day after that. But the past is the past. Leave that behind like I am going to. Um, but but what was so great about yesterday, even though I, I didn't have a podcast, I got to guest on two Judgy Girls podcast. Uh, Summer Mary was uh, was taking a week off. I think she was on vacation. And uh, Courtney, uh, my friend Courtney, who's been on the pod a couple times, asked me to host a couple weeks ago, uh, co-host with her. And man, I love Courtney so much. I love Two Judgy Girls. I love that whole... They are... I said this in the 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 talk with Courtney on the pod on Two Judgy Girls, which of course we went like two plus hours because... I, I don't know. I'm beginning to think I can't do anything small or little except for um, make love, which is uh, very fast, very quick, actually. <laughs> I've, I've heard. Um, no, I'm joking. That's long and annoying as well. Um, but I said at the end of that, I said, it is so crazy where life can take you. You know, I've been taught, I've been reflective lately, not because I'm at the end of my life or anything like that, but reflective in the way that life throws you in all these kind of weird directions. I've, I've mentioned many times in the last couple of weeks how weird it is where my life is right now as opposed to where it was a year ago or two years ago or three years ago. You know, if you're ju- judging them from housewife seasons, you know, we all had a bad housewife. We all had a Leah McSweeney second season last season because we were just trapped indoors. But each season of our lives, you know, it's either good or bad. And you know, sometimes it's way more exciting. Other years, you're like, ah, oh, this is like a, a Lucy Lucy apple juice year or like a Pantygate year where it's just really boring and, and the same thing keeps happening over and over again until you want to bash your head against a wall, you know? But I, I was saying, how crazy is it that I used to listen to two judgy girls and follow them on Instagram and always thought they were so funny. And I now got to speak to them on their own podcast. Like to me, that blows me away. Like I, I'm a, I'm a fan of this stuff. Like I, I, I'm like everybody I'm every man. And in terms of every man of Bravo in the sense that I love these things. I, I was watching these things before it. I didn't even know people out there like the same stuff. I usually watch these shows by myself or with my ex. None of my guy friends I was able to even tell I watched these shows. It was like my secret shame for a long time until I found out there was a whole community of you guys and how passionate and how smart and fucking funny that everybody... So so sorry for the language. How just funny everybody is. And now I get to like people... I, I get to blab on about this crap? 
Like I was blabbing on to when it was just like me uh, to my mirror or to a wall. I mean, this is bizarre and so amazing. And I had that moment of appreciation. And then, of course, five minutes later, I was bitching about something else. But for that moment, uh, that brief shining moment, I was like, man, that how cool is this? How cool is this? I'm sitting here talking to one the one of the judgy girls and I'm the other judgy girl today and that's just how it got it doesn't get better than that you know I mean I guess if you got paid for it it would get better. <laughs> that could hey that could make it cool if I could pay my rent potentially with it that'd be cool but I just thought that was super exciting and that is all happening because of you guys because you guys show up you actually respond to what I do or what I'm trying to do or what we're trying to do and I say this every day but this is my Friday saying a fucking thank you guys thank you I am so appreciative of the opportunities you're getting me um this is this is a two-way street so if I can ever uh come to your work and do something for you (laughs) please let me know um what else? What else is going on? Okay, so two judging girls. Go listen to that. I didn't have a Thursday show. But also, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills wasn't on this week. I don't, I don't, I didn't get to do a Beverly Hills recap. I had a little thing set up, but I'm gonna save that now for last week because I I had uh there uh Hey guys, it's me, Erica. I've got a TED talk. I was gonna review Erica Jane's TED talk she gave, and I'm still going to do that, but it's like I created a character named Erica Jane. And now, and well, you guys, in the TED Talk, she says her first paid gig was at a sex party. Hey, everybody. It's me, Erica Jane. If everybody could put down the dicks for a second. Uh, this first song, <laughs> this, this first song is a little jam I wrote about my husband, Tom. It's called Cliff Jumping. <laughs> Cliff Jumping. We still don't know what the fuck happened with that story, right? Thank God they took the week off so everybody could just sit with, like, maybe they could forgot, like, hey, did we, what was that last thing Erica said? Is something about uh, he dropped out of the car and then he jumped and he was in the car. Like, I'm still so confused about all of that. And there has been no, there has been no attempt at any kind of explanation by anybody. Like, nobody on her camp or side is like, Hey guys, by the way, what I think she meant was, um, this specifically, like, where's Mikey Minden to be like, Hey guys, this is what happened. I totally, like, I know, um, I I need that. Like, don't you need to hear? I don't know. It's just, it's something that's like, I feel like if there's an easy explanation, we should have heard it by now. Right. We hear every other flipping rumor, like set us straight, please. Ooh, did I just, I went like, please. Mm. My voice is a little sore. I'm not going to lie. I did that two and a half hours with two judgy girls and a couple other pods yesterday. And then today um, I did, I just did Real Housewives of Potomac with a friend of the pod, Amy Field for the Patreon, because I'm, I'm recapping the entire season of Potomac over there. And I think it's an amazing effing season so far. So if you guys are interested in our recaps of that, go to the Patreon. I'm also recapping Real Housewives of Miami there with our good friend, Baditza Lopez. Uh, we already did the first season and we're halfway through the second season. I've never seen Miami before, but for all the Miami fans, and I really highly suggest you jump on board the Miami train because they are rebooting that series for Peacock. And they're deep in filming. But Karen, Karen, Karen with a T from the second season of Real Housewives of Miami, I'm interviewing her tomorrow. So I'm really nervous. She's was the dentist to the stars, if you remember. And she had the soap opera boyfriend Rodolfo at the time. I know they're no longer together. We'll find out all about that. But I'm excited, man. I get to talk to like 
Like I, I oh, also, you guys, I talked to somebody from OC the other day, and I mean, it's going to come out next week. I've been talking to a lot of past OC people, and it was su- such a great conversation. I love it. Just like today's guest. Today's guest is JPJ, man. John Paul Jones. John Paul Jones from The Bachelorette. Uh, was on Hannah Brown's season. Uh, he has great hair, but he also has a great new podcast called Jibber Jabber uh, with JPJ. And we had a great talk. I know some of you guys might not be into the Bachelor franchise, but I think this interview works because we get into some of that Bachelor dirt, but also some of the behind the scenes stuff. Like, did you guys know that they're only allowed to have two drinks per hour? We get to find out stuff like that. And what I love about talking to anybody is that everybody has a story. What I found fascinating about John Paul Jones was that here's a guy that's living in, uh, I think he lived in Maryland, and he's like a financial analyst. He's like working in finance. And then his sister sees this thing and signs him up for a show. He was definitely not there for the right reasons, which is hysterical. Like he admits that. But how that changes your life. And then we talk about influencer culture and, and all, you know, we talk about Chris Harrison, his opinion on that. But he's also got a fabulous podcast that just came out called, like I said, Jibber Jabber. I'll give you all that information, but I highly suggest checking it out. The first episode was only 30 minutes. Second episode, guys, guess what? We It's Hannah Burner. So you got to listen to that. It's Hannah Burner from a couple weeks ago. So you got to hear what she says because I guess they really get into a lot of the dirt. But the dude was fabulous. Great guy. You are going to love him. And that's what I love is that I can, I don't just have to do Bravo with you guys. I can go old school. I can go new school. I can go bachelor. I can talk. I mean, the more people we can talk to here, like that's everybody has this amazing story. And I think if you can get to the heart of that, or that's what I, I want to try to do and get better at, it just, it makes everybody exciting because at the end of the day, we all have something to offer. And so I was, I was in heaven. So I'm going to do a couple news stories and then we'll get right into that. And then I'm going to go back to watching my favorite new show, The Americans on FX. So this show ended like years, a couple years ago, but I've been talking about it a lot. It's Felicity, uh, well, the Carrie Russell who played Felicity and then Matthew Reese, who used to be in this show called Brothers and Sisters on ABC. And you guys, they're Russian agents posing as an American family. And that's not a spoiler. That's actually what they do the entire six seasons. That's that's the conceit of the show. But it is so good, you guys. And I got so into it. And I don't know if you guys are like me. I always say this where I, my life, it's not in shambles, but it's like, it's it's pod, it's pretty much just podcasting. That's it. So when I get onto a show like The Americans where it's a scripted show and not a reality show, I feel like I'm like fucking genius. I'm like, look at me watching something written out. Like, look at where my my mind is painted. I'm so used to watching Housewives where I just go, okay, there's a fight. I'm desensitized to everything. But this, it's like a whole different thing. And there's like just, it's just so tense all the time. But I can't, I can't stop watching. Like I, I started a couple weeks ago and I'm already... At season six, the final season, I've got 12 more episodes, you guys. In fact, you are taking my time away from my The Americans time. I I almost was like, should I stay up throughout the night? But I got to prepare for interviews tomorrow. But I'm like, should I stay up all night watching The Americans? Because I got to find out how this effing thing ends. And no spoiler alerts, people, even though it's been a couple years. Like, I, I thankfully, it's like, I don't want to worry about finding out the end on Twitter right now because it, it did air years ago. But are you guys like that where you're like, 
Finally, I'm really committing to something. It just happens to be a scripted TV show, but damn it, I'm doing it. I'm putting the work in. I'm putting the hours in on this thing. And I just, I, I got below deck med episodes to catch up on. I got, like, I've got to get back to my normal life. The Americans has to release its grip on me, but at the same time, I'm already sad. I'm already heartbroken that I've only got 12 episodes left. I already know this weekend at some point is going to be a very dark day, so please... Maybe Saturday or Sunday, if you're with your family, your friends, a girlfriend, your boyfriend, just give me a thought and go like, I hope Ryan's doing okay, man. Let's, I hope he's doing good. I hope that guy pulled, you know, that guy deserves happiness. It'll just, just get a thought. That's all I, I need. You know, you don't have to sign up for the Patreon or leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or any of the amazing other things that you could possibly do. Just in your head go, I hope Ryan's doing okay with not having the Americans in his life anymore. I don't know what I'm going to do, you guys. But then I was like, well, I was like this with Better Call Saul a month before this. So I guess that's a sad part, too. I guess I'll just move on to another show. It's like it's like probably like relationships where you're like, fuck. But I guess there's another relationship down there for me. I guess there's another hour-long scripted TV show that I'll have to get into. But it's not going to be the same. Nobody's ever going to kiss like the Americans. They're... The Americans is special, I think. Um, I played Kelly Clarkson, folks, at the beginning. What a great segue. Because I am so fucking livid at the judgment. So she went through a divorce, um, which is just horrible. Uh, It's already horrible in its own rights. But just a little backstory, and I think we all feel the same way. Kelly Clarkson is a GD national treasure. This woman, to me, can do no wrong. This has a powerful voice, has given us so many bops, so many sad songs, so many just amazing moments in pop culture history. Here is somebody that won the first season of American Idol. She took it for Mr. Curly-haired Justin Guarini, and ever then, ever since then, she has been in our lives. Think about it. She has withstood pop culture for 20-plus years, I, I think, or yeah, 17, 18, I mean, in that ballpark, but like to be consistently working and all that stuff is just amazing. So unfortunately, she got a divorce, but maybe it's fortunately because this guy sounds like an asshole, a douchebag of the week. I used to do this segment, you guys, douchebag of the week. We are reinstating it today. Douchebag of the week goes to Brandon Blackstock, Kelly Clarkson's ex. Get this shit, you guys. Kelly Clarkson to pay Brandon Blackstock nearly $200,000 a month in spousal and child support. A source previously told People that Blackstock had been aiming for more than double that amount, requesting that Clarkson pay him $436,000 per month. I want to strangle this guy. I mean, this is infuriating. This guy is a dick because you know Kelly ain't divorcing somebody because like this guy sounds like a chump. And the other thing, get this, you guys, he's a manager. He manages Blake Shelton. This douchebag has his own money. How dare you, Brandon Blackstock? How dare you? Honestly, I got divorced. We didn't take anything from each other. I mean, she made, my ex made way more than me and we didn't take anything. From I mean, like I she couldn't take anything. I mean, she could have my like toys or something. But you know, you know what I'm saying? Because how do you? I just my thing was how do you how do you look at yourself after that? 
Like, I know I was there for my ex with her job and all that stuff, but like, you know, shit, it's not working. Like, I mean, why would I ever want to keep that in play where somebody is writing, like, it's already bad vibes, you know? And you're just cool with taking 200 So what if she makes a bunch of money? She earned that money. Like, that was her money. Like, for the, the, the child support, of course, but you know she's getting half custody too and she's going to be paying for everything in those kids' lives regardless of this douchebag. So a Los Angeles County judge handed down the order Tuesday that Clarkson give Blacksock $150,000 per month in spousal as well as $45,601 per month in child support. So the, the child support, you guys, is only $45,000. The spousal is one fifty. The arrangement means that Blackstock 43 will receive $195,601 in total from Clarkson each month, or roughly $2.4 million per year. The order also requires the singer to pay $1.25 million towards her estranged husband's attorney fees and costs for their ongoing divorce. What the double F? He gets this much money and she has to pay for his lawyers. This is sounding like free Britney all over again. Free Kelly from this douchebag. This lady is a national treasure and we do not do enough to, to protect our female pop singers. Clarkson is being represented by celebrity attorney, Laura Wasser, who is also handling Kim Kardashian's by the way, Kim fire Laura Wasser. This is not good. I mean, is this considered a victory? Who recently, who recently launched It's Over Easy. This service helps streamline the divorce process for individuals who might not be able to obtain her services otherwise. Oh, Sandra, we should try to get Laura Wasser on the pod. I think you mentioned this the other day. We definitely should reach out to her. I would love for her to, I would love her comments about this. Earlier this month, Clarkson appealed for a judge to officially sign off on her divorce, leaving other arrangements such as spousal and child support for a later date. In a declaration to the court obtained by People, Clarkson reasoned that she and Blackstock both deserve the opportunity to build a new life. Here is her saying, please just grant me the divorce because we want I want to go on with my life. We can even take care of this money stuff at another time. Just please grant me the divorce. I mean, this is so... And our legal says it, it's just, it's insane sometimes. Back in November, uh, the county judge granted Clarkson primary physical custody. They didn't even split it, guys, primarily. Primary. Primary. A source close to the family told people at the time that Clarkson is pleased by the custody ruling and that her priority is to protect her children. As Kelly has said, her first priority in all of this is to take care of her kids and all the hearts that are involved in this divorce. A second source said, it's been a hard time for everyone, but Kelly's pleased with the court's ruling regarding custody. Divorce is hard and it gets tense for most couples going through it, but Kelly's primary focus is on doing the best she can to protect the kids, the source added. In this case, she had to fight for them since Brandon and his attorneys were making unreasonable requests. This fucking douchebag, you guys. And he looks like a dude. He duh, looks looks like a douchebag, too. Mm, I just don't get it. I need to know more about this divorce of why this even went the way it did. And it seems like they they fought this. And that's why his attorneys cost so much because they fought at every every step of the way. So now Kelly Clarkson's monthly salary got revealed as she's renegotiating her talk show contract amid the Brandon Black store, Black, uh, Brandon Black douche divorce. Um, 
So according to court documents, the 39-year-old American Idol alum monthly salary is $1.9 million. The sum includes her salary for her talk show, The Kelly Clarkson Show, and her role on NBC's The Voice. Guys, she deserves every GD penny of that. You know how much Ellen DeGeneres makes for The Ellen Show? We're talking close to $100 million a year. So with this, this she makes $25 million a year or something like that. That's her money that she earned, you guys. Um, so let's see what else this article says. Uh, this sum was packaged together when the forensic accountant testified during the order to show cause trial for temporary spousal and child support. A source exclusively tells us of Clarkson's funds after it was ruled that she must pay Blackstock nearly $200,000 a support, uh, support a month. I mean, what does this guy do? Just like he gets, still gets paid for being a man. Like why can't Kelly get a piece of his his managerial money. The source adds that the twosomes prenup is not being contested despite reports. Hmm. But that's that's weird. It's not being contested, but that's not true because his original thing was asking for $500,000. So I'm curious as what this prenup... Prenups are wild because they're also saying prenups don't really even matter anymore. It'll be very interesting to see the Kardashian West divorce when that actually goes to trial, goes to, I mean, or actually gets fixed. Um, I don't know. Ugh. So uh, another source says uh, she has made good faith efforts to settle this while Blackstock and his lawyers have no intention of reaching a global settlement of this matter anytime soon. Because now they are still fighting over the money from her new contract for her as a talk show host since her Kelly Clarkson show is taking over the Ellen DeGeneres slot in a lot of major markets next uh, season, which is a huge thing for Kelly and well-deserved. So I am just furious about that, you guys. Very furious. Just as furious as I am with one Miss Rihanna. Riri, what you doing, babe? What are you doing? So Rihanna last night broke the internet when she posted a photo, and I know nobody's watching uh, New York anymore, but let me fill you in that uh, Ramona uh, said something about what Leah was wearing, and and Leah said, oh, you couldn't wear Married to the Mob, and she's like, I don't want to wear Married to the Mob, and she's like, Rihanna wears it, and she's like, what? And Rihanna was like, whatever, da-da-da. So anyways... Rihanna posted this thing with uh, last night or Wednesday night with a Married to the Mob shirt on. And (laughs) this is her first non-sponsored post. Like this is out of Rihanna's, like Rihanna wanted to post this because every other one of Rihanna's posts is about business and stuff like that. So she posts her with her fingernail in her mouth, these glasses on looking tough with a necklace in her hand. And she goes, what was said at Ramona Singer. And she, the next slide had her watching Ramona do this. And it was, just, I mean, it's hysterical. It really is funny. But I got to tell you, Rihanna sometimes aligns with bad people. She does. Rihanna chose Erica Jane for her Fenty line. Uh, she has since let her go. But Rihanna doesn't always get it right with the people she picks to to associate with. Uh, Rihanna is amazing for 99.9% of the time, more amazing than most of us will ever be. But I got to say, she got it wrong this time. If anything, she should have came out in favor of Ramona. You know what I'm saying? She should have been on Ramona's side and said, Leah, you're not bringing it this season. And I'm going to burn my Mary to the mob gear. 
So Leah, of course, was like, I love you, Rihanna. Thank you so much. By the way, Rihanna probably single-handedly just saved Leah McSweeney her job. She will probably get a third season on Rihanna's post alone. But it was great. Ramona finally, it was so funny. I was like, oh my God, Ramona, when she wakes up tomorrow, is going to literally shit herself. And not just the normal Ramona can't control her bowels, but she'll see this and be like, oh my God, I can't believe Rihanna did. Like, oh shit. And I bet like Avery, her daughter was like, mom, mom, Rihanna's stepping to you. Uh, But Ramona goes, oh, that's fine. I see it. I guess she's, you know, she's bad mouthing me. Well, she's, I, she's, I'm not her target demographic anyways. And Leah was like, no, Ramona, she's just teasing you, which, you know, Rihanna is, she is teasing, uh, Ramona. And I, I love, I love when big celebrities like that watch Bravo. It just shows that what a great fan base we have. And we are a group full of geniuses and it's like, wow, look at her. She's talented in her own way. Like we all have talents that watch this. Like we've got a big pop star. We've got all of you guys. We've got me, but also get this. Now, Nicki Minaj is up on Real Housewives of Potomac. So she has been commenting under, um, uh, Bravo post. She talked about uh, somebody said Giselle's daughter was mad uh, in an episode of Potomac last season because she thought her dad, Daddy Jamal, was gifting her some Nicki Minaj tickets, but it was a restaurant in said. And then Nicki wrote, oh, no, we got to fix that for my poo. So that's amazing. And then Giselle did prayer hands and a laughing, crying emoji. And Nicki Minaj wrote back, yes, ma'am. She's going to have to have her tickets with a meet and greet to go with it, child. Tell her auntie got ha on the next tour or I'll got her, got her, I think, got ha on the next tour. Or I'll just see her at the reunion. We got to get into some things. And then she did the fingernail painting emoji, you guys. That's so exciting. Nicki just wanted to do the reunion. Would you imagine if, if Nicki Minaj came on to, uh, I love it. It just shows that we are, our community is strong, even though Rihanna is wrong in her support of Leah McSweeney right now. <laughs> uh, the last thing, and I, I don't want to give this lady press because of her ignorance and her hate, but it's just so darn funny and it's so easy to pick on. Well, not pick on because she picks on people and says really horrific things effing things and then expects like why am i losing my jobs why can't people just support me and my hate why can't people be cool do you guys want to hear this or should we save this should we say i dare ha you know what let's just do we'll, we'll do it we'll do it kelly dodd of course once again uh let go from bravo but is still making her own reality show full of mishaps and you know kelly dodd's a piece of shit live on So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. So here is the original cameo she recorded, drunk, on vacation uh, a week or so ago, that is now making the headlines. But here is what she said in that cameo. Jennifer, so they switch up this cameo bullshit, right? And they say, this is Jennifer, she and her. Okay, I, I, I don't get this. You're either a girl or a boy, okay? You're born a girl or a boy. I don't get it. You're Jennifer. Okay, I'm sorry. I don't give a fuck. Okay? I'm already fired. So. You've never she, given a fuck, and that's what makes you so goddamn attractive. It's a sheen of her. It's a sheen of her. Okay? It is, and it's Jennifer. Jennifer, Jennifer, and what is it? Is it her birthday? Yeah, it's Jennifer's birthday. Yay. Can we say happy birthday to Jennifer? Yes. Happy birthday, Jennifer. Happy birthday, Jennifer. Show Jennifer where we are. Oh, Jennifer, look where we are. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Beautiful. Why is it I made food here? Beautiful. Uh, I know. 
I know. We just ate fish. We're at we're at this billion dollar house, and there's no food here. <laughs> It's kind of fucked up. Okay, I'm not kidding. Look at this. Jennifer, don't tell anyone. That don't we tell told anybody. You that. Don't it's eat. kind of a secret. Oh, well, I, I eat. I eat too. And you know what? I'll go to KFC, Taco Bell, whatever. Oh, yeah, it's we got a bucket of McDonald's. chicken the other day. It was awesome. Anyway, I am the real deal because I'll eat all that shit. Anyways, your daughter has a. Um, you your Maddie. Really, oh, is that okay? Why you want red? Um, all right, there we Maddie, go. Anyway, is going to medical school. You're lucky <laughs> that you have a daughter that's going to medical school because my daughter can't even fucking turn the door knob and then get into medical school. She got an F in art. Yeah, she got an F in art. Yes. Which spells fart. And by she's the way. really smart, but she's a lazy ass. So you're lucky that you have a go getter of a daughter, unlike mine, which I give a shit about because she's so smart, but she's so lazy. So, Maddie, congratulations. I love I'm out of school, but this is for Jennifer. Happy birthday. And um, I love you guys. So um, thank you for being that. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm off the show. So thank you for giving this to me. <laughs> oh, how far. Oh, look, kids, a shooting star. <laughs> no, look, kids, a falling star. Um, I mean... Here is somebody drunk or allegedly looks like, like, sounds like she's on tons of things, but also she rips on her own daughter as well as the pronouns thing. Like, why, why say this shit? If you're going to be hateful or ignorant and all that, do it on your own dime. Do it in, do it behind your closed doors. Like, this is so ridiculous. Like, really, to keep making these same mistakes, to keep making this, that's infuriating. And I know we've all written off Kelly to be just a fucking idiot. We've all done it, like, for the most part. And the thing is, she has her fans, but even her fans know, well, Kelly's an idiot. That's how she is. She's an idiot. Like, do you really want to go around life being known as a funny idiot? Like, that's what it, she's a funny idiot. Congratulations. I don't know. It's like you got your way, Kelly. You get to say whatever you want to say. And then you still are going to complain when the blowback hits you. You don't have to worry about keeping a job now. Nobody's going to take you for the most part. You seem to like trouble everywhere you go. So this came out last week and it finally started making. I saw this last week and it finally started making the rounds with Bravo accounts in the last couple of days. And so it really, something, something must have happened that affected her money or whatever. So we got the classic Kelly Dodd apology. And by the way, Kelly Dodd now is becoming the reality show version of Chrissy Teigen in terms of how just the amount of apologies. In fact, you could do a greatest hits album with just Kelly Dodd apologies at this point. So here is her apology for Miss Kelly Dodd. I need to address my cameo controversy. I realize I have a habit of offending people and apparently I've done it again. Here's the thing. I've been doing cameos now for two years and I never saw the pronoun thing before. This was the first time I saw a reference of he, him, she, they, them. I grew up, I grew up in Arizona with people that were born a boy and a girl and maybe a hermaphrodite here and there. But that's how I grew up. I grew up that way and so did everybody in my era. That's what I'm used to. And when I was reading the cameo, I saw the pronouns and we've been drinking and I was just reacting my own raw and unfiltered way. I want to be very, very clear about this that I accept everyone for who they are. I accept everybody who they want to be and who who they believe themselves to be. And I don't hate on anyone. I am not transphobic. I was just unfamiliar with the language. In the same way people want me to be tolerant of them, I only ask you to be tolerant of me. 
I do have very strong opinions and you may not agree with them in the same way I might not agree with your opinions. But that's what makes America great. We can have disagreements, right? But that doesn't make me a bad person. If you want me to be tolerant, then you also need to be tolerant of me. That's only fair. And I'm learning and I'm growing and maybe you can help me with this. Maybe you can help me. I need to learn. You know, I just want everyone to get along. I love everybody and I'm just trying to learn. So thank you and have a fantastic Back in my day, we had men and we had women and, you know, a couple of hermaphrodites. Sure. Where are you living in the, 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 the paleo ethic? I mean, where, what, a, what, what year are you living in Kelly Dodd? A, a couple of hermaphrodites here and there. Like, what is that? Like, I, did you, did you really know a couple of hermaphrodites here and there? That's not even the correct term we use anymore, which is fine. Like at one, like we're all learning new things, but she's basically saying, You've got to be patient with my idiocy. Also, she's shooting this in a car. So, and I'm imagining Rick shot this for her. this Rick guy, Rick Leventhal. I love his daughter who's been on the pod a couple times, but this is ridiculous. I mean, like he's might just be just as bad as her. It seems like, I mean, this is ridiculous behavior. She's literally going, you have to let me be stupid so I can understand the things that you don't want your feelings hurt about. Like, I, the thing is, Kelly, I feel like everybody's told you time and time again about all of this stuff. And if you want to be like, stop apologizing. You don't mean it. Like that's the, that's why these things kind of come off really, uh, flat and they can be made fun of easily because she's done so many of them and it always causes an uproar. It's always somebody that probably will not work with her again. And then she apologizes. And then it's like, you guys have done it to me again. You made me open my big fat mouth. And I saw the, I saw this pro pronoun first time I saw it. So I had to make fun of it. Like, guess what guys? I'm on cameo now too. Very cheap. You guys cameo.com Ryan Bailey. Um, but no, I, I'm on Cameo. Guess what? I see the pronouns and I was like, oh, cool. Pronouns. That's helpful. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I'll call you anything that you want. I don't want to hurt your feelings. I'm good with however you want to be viewed. I'm good. And it, guess what? It might take me a time, like a second to like, okay, I'm going to put that in my memory banks. That's great. I uh, Let's go for that. But guess what? I never would make fun of that. I don't think it's funny. I think her attempts at apologies are hysterical, though. It's funny because she always makes it worse. She's just never sincere enough where you ever believe it. And it turns out to be like kind of comedic gold in a lot of ways. Like I can't say anything funnier to you guys than what she said in that own message. So maybe rewind that back, listen to it again, because I can't do, I can't do it. I can't do better than what she, I mean, she is just the ultimate because you just know it's not the end. Something new is going to happen the next week, the week after. It is, it's not, it's an ongoing faucet. And that's why we don't need her on the Housewives because she's going to continue to be in our faces nonstop for the rest of our lives. So we're good. We're good. We're good. But we're about to be great, folks, because our next guest, yeah, Segway, he is a part of the iHeartRadio family, you guys. Cloud10, the, the company that produces this podcast uh, and is uh, distributing it right now. And I'm so uh, thrilled to be given this chance. Uh, we'll, we'll wait until the check clears. But um, 
<laughs> no, I, I'm actually super excited because I had the chance to have this, this next guest on and I leapt at it. I was like, oh my God, yes. His name is John Paul Jones, JPJ for short, or, or just John. And he is just the best dude. You'll find out in this podcast, I met JPJ a while back when he, well, you'll hear it in the podcast and I'll show you the picture tomorrow on Instagram because it is funny. It was a couple of years ago and uh, I thought it was great, but he has a fabulous new podcast that you need to go subscribe to called Jibber Jabber with JPJ. It was just, uh, he's just a great guy. I, I can't say enough good things about him. And like I said, even if you're not a fan of The Bachelor, I think there is so much in here for reality show lovers, for people that just love people, people who love people. We're all, I, I just think it's a great interview. And also shout out to his producer, Devin Ruskin. Uh, it's also kind of his co-host on his podcast. She is fabulous as well. She hops in a couple times. And the reason why uh, this was late was you guys know that I edit usually the night before it's released because that's the kind of opera. When you're doing a daily podcast, I just, I do three or four pods a day now. And I just, it's, so I went to edit at like 9 p.m. And I gave like we all recorded separate audio. My audio was good. Devin's audio was good. But uh, JPJ's audio, it was cut off for the first like 10 to 15 minutes. And it was so unfortunately at 9 p.m. I can't do anything about that. But luckily, producer Devin had saved the Zoom audio from this interview. Thank you, Devin. You are an amazing producer. Uh, really hats off to Devin because I, I didn't want to give you guys less than because also JPJ is charming as hell. I wanted you to hear the whole thing. Uh, so here he is uh, star of Hannah Brown season of the bachelorette. Uh, of course you remember him from bachelor in paradise uh, with Tasha, which we talk about, uh, but also just a really great guy. And I cannot wait. I subscribe to his podcast and I'll be listening because I think this guy's an interesting dude. So without further ado, John Paul Jones from the podcast, jibber jabber one. Guys, welcome to an all-new episode of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. I, of course, am Ryan Bailey. Today, we are very lucky to have somebody that I know a lot of you guys uh, already know. I, I think he's a legend in his field, and he actually has a new podcast that I really need to direct your attention to. I listened to it twice already. It is excellent, and it's going to be released uh, every Thursday will be new episodes. And in fact, this Thursday, uh, actually, this will probably be released next week. So the second episode, you guys, has Hannah Burner of a summer house. We talk about her all the time. So you got to subscribe. And we always say with any subscri subscription podcast for guests, we rate them five stars immediately. Uh, even if you don't listen to it, you got to support. Um, but you might know him from a little franchise called The Bachelor. Yes, he at one point was part of Bachelor Nation. Uh, you know him for so many things, uh, his hair, his relationship with Tasha, his love of chicken nuggets. But also, you might not know, he actually is a great podcaster. His new podcast is called Jibber Jabber with JPJ. John Paul Jones, John, John Paul Jones, welcome to the show. Hey, Ryan, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I, I okay. So, what are you doing in podcasting? I think this is actually a natural extension of your abilities. But sure. uh, what got you into podcasting? Yeah, well, my lovely co-host Devin Ruskin, uh, re, uh, her team reached out to me and offered to provide all the infrastructure to interview people and to have thought-provoking conversations. Uh, and you know, I've been really fortunate to stumble across uh, some interesting individuals. Uh, in my you know short journey uh, thus far in the entertainment industry, and I'll just be 
having uh, some of these people on who have, you know, done exceptional work in their field. And, you know, I'll be having a thought provoking conversation with them. And, you know, we'll also uh, be talking a little bit about the the bachelor uh, as it airs because uh, people that follow me tend to be really curious uh, to the whole workings of that show. And yeah. And I, and I know uh, you were, you were talking a little bit about that in the first episode and I know, you know, contestants can't really reveal industry secrets, but at the same time you were able to, to reveal quite a bit about the process, which I think is just fascinating to everybody out there because you're, you're from, you're from Maryland, right? Correct. And that's where you are now. And you, you, you were a financial analyst and then your sister signed you up for that or your sister told you. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I was, you know, for the first two years of my career, I was working as a, as a financial analyst at an education technology company in Maryland. And, uh, you know, was pretty, uh, hung up on that. Uh, didn't really prioritize like dating or, you know, any extracurriculars, you know, uh, you know, sort of Acting wasn't really uh, like a possibility uh, in addition to that uh, profession just because of, you know, the sporadic nature of, you know, how auditions work and, you know, the rehearsal process, you know, would definitely bleed into working time. So you you can't really uh, serve two masters at the same time. It it was that sort of deal. But yeah, my 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 sisters and and my cousin had informed me about uh, like this casting that was taking place relatively close by to where I was living in Maryland. And uh, I just showed up and, you know, literally answered the questions uh, at this uh, bachelor casting that uh, happened at a casino. And it seemed like a, a scam. I just didn't, just didn't, it seemed like one of the, <laughs> I love that you were potentially up for scams. From, oh, pardon me. I love that you were potentially up for scams. You're like, yeah, I'll do anything. I'm a financial, please scam. Yeah, me. no, <laughs> you know what? Uh, it's actually, I, I had an idea of what the show was about. Uh, like my sister, Judy watches it religiously. Shout out to Judy. Um, you know, she watched it religiously and I've seen, a, you know, I've walked in the room while she was watching a few episodes and I quickly, uh, like was able to catch sort of the whole theme of the show and, uh, you know, what the dynamic was like season after season. You know, I think I'd seen two episodes of Caitlin Bristow season and then maybe, uh, two episodes of, uh, Rachel Lindsay season. So it, it was all, all the greats. Yeah. It was, it was just apparent that like, you know, the, the two seasons were, you know, kind of the same, everyone kind of like uh, seemed to do the same thing, fit into the same mold. And yeah, you know, my, my sister told me about a, a casting uh, that would take place. And she thought that I would have a really good shot at making it. So, and, and you know, ha- having a little bit of knowledge of the show that I did have, I never, you know, followed it religiously or anything. I, I, I was just aware of what the premise of the show was about. And uh, I, I thought there was area of opportunity, you know, for me to stand out. Yeah. And so, you know, I showed up to the casting and that turned into, a, you know, a, them wanting more pictures of me. And, uh, you know, that turned into them requesting a video of me doing something funny. And that, Wait, what was your what was your funny thing? Yeah. So they, they just had you answer a, a series of questions on tape and uh, they wanted you to take your own spin on it. So, you know, they were, you know, the questions were something along the lines of like, uh, why do you, you know, do you really see yourself getting married? You know, do you see yourself having children? You know, are you at a stage in your life where you're ready to get married? And so I answered, you know, the array of questions that they sent over while simultaneously taking uh, crabs uh, that I had caught out of a bucket. There were live crabs. So like I'd take a crab out and, you know, they'd, they'd do the whole uh, like monkey in a barrel thing where they'd be clinging onto each other. So I'd be, you know, really nonchalantly answering, you know, these questions while, putting these crabs into a pot to, you know, to sort of uh, speak to, 
uh, the outdoorsy side of me, if you will. And so uh, that, I, I like that potentially you weren't there for the right reasons. You're oh, like, this seems sure. fun. Yeah. This seems fun. I'll do oh, it. yeah. Because that we hear that so yeah. much on that dang show. Oh, yeah. And I love that you were potential. And you even actually you said it on your season, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and I love that you potentially weren't there yourself for the right reasons. Yeah, so it's, you know, it's a kill two birds with one stone scenario, right? So like, you know, I graduated, you know, graduated college, moved, you know, outside, went to school in Washington, D.C., worked outside of Washington, D.C. after college, didn't really have any friends in my immediate area, was totally outside of any friend group, didn't have any like real social connections. And all I did was like really, you know, lift, you know, train, work, uh, and go to sleep and do it all over again. That was the first two years of my career, and that was it. Now, my coworkers were great. I was very fortunate to work at just an awesome company with awesome people. But, you know, my uh, personal life was severely lacking. And so it just, the whole bachelor process just seemed like a great kill two birds with one stone uh, scenario. And, you know, I, you know, truthfully, you know, like did not have any sort of romantic uh connection with hannah brown it just... yeah i mean she called you her brother i mean oh she, you remember oh, you, you remember you guys yeah. did a, you guys did yeah. a toast did. uh uh she after you to do after the first night after i'd barely gotten to know her she called me brother and i just knew okay this is not gonna go anywhere but i just need to hang in <laughs> i just need to hang in this as long as i possibly can i just need to see if yeah you said you were having a blast right oh my gosh like, it you love so it. much fun you're just surrounded by you know really fun guys the whole time that you know just uh that just want to drink all day in this really weird scenario i mean you're on a move you know you you've been on uh you know i know about your background a little bit you know what a large yeah. set is like it's a lot of fun you know i mean they get you, you whatever. Get free food yeah, you they get, get you, you whatever get free drinks, food you yeah. want whatever drinks you want whatever you want you're just so pampered and catered to the entire time and you kind of you're kind of living this false reality a little bit on set, uh, you know. And you're like, screw screw financial analyzing. Yeah. This is this is <laughs> yeah. the this is the this is the life for me, right? Oh, in some ways, yes. It was really you know what really stimulated me was uh, you know just you know I I studied acting in college and you know just you did like picnic right? I was, yeah. I was yeah 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 I did, yeah. I did picnic and you know I, I took every acting class that was available and some you know literature classes you know on top of that that really helped you know uh my acting and so uh you know what really stimulated me about the whole experience was really just you know when it when it's time to go that the high pressure you know scenario that is when the camera's rolling if there's just nothing like it and I'm assuming that's like what you uh enjoy well, about I'm acting because Oh my stakes, God. In, stakes, in fact, yeah, the stakes were just so high. And there's this kind of like alternate reality that you guys are all agreeing to live in. It's really like fascinating. And it's the same thing, you know, it's just that, that same exact thing applies with, uh, you know, the reality of The Bachelor. You know, off camera, you guys are all BSing and, you know, drinking and, you know, having a good time. But when the cameras are rolling, gosh, guys are throwing each other under the bus. They're going at each other. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just. It's crazy. That's hey, that's the that's the world of podcasting, JPJ. It's the same thing. Yeah. We throw each other under the butt. No, um, <laughs> no, for sure, for sure, for sure. No, the comedians tend to you know be the ones to you know throw each other under the bus because you know they'll do anything. To, oh yeah, they'll do any they'll do anything to you know. Uh, I don't know. Um, create commotion or you know make a situation to appear much more. Uh, That's what we should do. We should good. do a podcast. We should do a podcast feud against each other just to try to get attention. Like if we go to war with <laughs> yeah. each other. Yeah. We'd be like a cloud ten uh, iHeartRadio war. But um, 
Wait, so you even talked about, I like that thought of like when the cameras go on yeah. because you are creating these moments and I think that's what set you apart from a lot of the other, like even though you didn't have a strong romantic connection with your sister, uh, Hannah Brown, uh, you still you still really yeah. set yourself apart immediately because I think you took those opportunities. You even said the chicken nugget scene yeah. was something. You were like, it, I mean, it, it oh, felt man. a little bit like improv. You were I mean, looking what, for opportunities it, yeah, to definitely. be entertaining. For sure. Yeah, it, it, you know what, it definitely, it definitely was. Was. you know i knew that this drama was like unfolding between these two guys and it was just kind of petty uh you know the whole thing but you know these two guys were fighting and there was this huge pile of i mean just an obnoxiously large pile of chicken nuggets sitting in front of us and nobody was eating them and you know we'd been sitting around for hours talking about you know just this pointless you know fighting between these two guys and so i thought like oh this would be a great way to cut the tension there's a pile of chicken nuggets there if i was just blatantly eating these in front of them that, you know, maybe one of the cameramen might pick up on it. I don't know. But I mean, there were a thousand scenarios like that. There, I mean, there were a lot of things that they, you know, there were a lot of scenarios that they didn't show. I mean, I did the same exact thing with these, you know, animal cookies. These two guys were just fight, you know, getting into it, fighting each other. And, you know, I was on the uh, opposing couch for them and I was just very, uh, you know, very obviously, you know, not paying attention and just, you know, very, you know, try, trying to be cinematic about it, you know, to eating, <laughs> eating and chewing, you know, obnoxiously eating and chewing these animal cookies. So like, you know, I, I, I try to, you know, look for the, hu you know, try to create humor wherever I saw fit. And I was lucky. And I think, I think it was easy though, because a lot of those people, no, no offense to contestants, but they're kind of a homogenized, you could put it, put them all in one box. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, I mean, you, and you had, I mean, you had a good season in terms of you had Tyler Cameron, you had Peter Weber. You, I mean, you yeah. really had some yeah. heavy hitters in Bachelor Nation. It, but it is cool that you were able to set yourself apart because you actually did have a personality. Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah, and I was just, look, I was just really lucky that, uh, you know, they aired some of those funny moments. I, I, you know, you never know what's going to show up or how they're going to, excuse me, interpret you uh, throughout the thing. It just, everything is just uh, completely unknown. I, I was just really lucky. They were, you know, they showed some of those funny scenes and yeah. When do you get offered Bachelor in Paradise? How soon, uh, how so soon into things was it? How soon after you got cut were you offered that? Yeah. So I uh, got off in uh, the Rhode Island episode and uh, the next day I got a call from one of the producers asking me to, you know, or telling me that they were interested in having me in Paradise. So it's like the ne I, I, they seemed pretty certain about it the next day. But then again, they might give that call to everybody. You, you never know. And um, I think it was a, it was probably, you know, I, went home April 1st, 2019 from the bachelorette. And it was somewhere around May 15th. I committed to doing bachelor in paradise. Cause you know, I, I just wasn't sure what they were going to air. I got off on the fourth episode. I thought, okay, great. You know, you know, I'm single and you know, I don't know if I, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to get a, you know, a talent agent out of this because I'm not sure if I created I know that I, I knew that I had created a lot of, you know, memorable mo moments for the show, but uh, I just wasn't sure like what they were going to air because I had no connection romantically to Hannah Brown whatsoever. And you just, yeah, I mean, it would and, not possibly you know, work in your favor. I wasn't sure if anything was going to work in my favor, to be honest, because, you know, I, I, my impression was that Hannah thought I was there to just kind of goof off and have fun, which is like, which is like, yeah, true, she, you know, I mean, she nailed it. Yeah, she, she nailed yeah. it. Yeah. And, you know, uh, we'd even, you know, I'd even been told, you know, the cast had even been told that, you know, we had to take the whole process a little bit more seriously in that, you know, we, we had to stop growing out and that, you know. Yeah. Chris we, Harrison talked to you guys, right? That. Yeah. Um, yeah, that happened. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, it's, I, I was kind of, I was kind of nervous that, you know, I'd be made, you know, I was, I would be made out to be a villain somehow, even after the first, even after the bachelorette, it was just really uncertain as to how I'd be portrayed because I had no uh, romantic connection to Hannah Brown. But we, I mean, you say the villain, which is very interesting. I know you uh, talked to Hannah Burner on your podcast this week, and yeah. she was made the villain or or fit into that box this past season of her reality show, Summer House. Yeah. Um, it is interesting that there are these archetypes in reality shows. <laughs> you know, you have the hero, you have the villain, you might have the friend of. I know, but there's like, a, a couple different. If you didn't have Hannah Burner as the villain on that show, my only concern would be what what would the show have been about? You know, well, I mean, my dad always says you gotta, you gotta have the you gotta love to hate somebody on these shows. Yeah, yeah, you, you have to. It's it's imperative. Uh, everybody can't be getting along, and even you see that on The Bachelor. Like my favorite thing is the first night when all the guys get drunk, and usually somebody gets hammered. Yeah. Like, you know, you know I was honestly, I was, I was waiting for that. I was waiting for that on the first night too, but that never happened because your alcohol intake is so moderated throughout the whole experience. Wait, wait, is that true? Is it really moderated? I was allowed. I, think it would just I was be allowed like drink as much. Yeah, man, I was allowed two drinks. Uh, per hour throughout the entire thing. I mean, that may have, I think that may have, you know, some effects, some, some, some subconscious effect on you, but you know, I, it really wasn't noticeable for me. I, you know, I'm like six, almost six, four, 200 pounds. So, I mean, I'm yeah. drinking a, sh- you know, in a shot. I mean, that's, I'm, I'm not really going to feel anything, you know, if I'm having that, you know, every hour, it's pretty minimal, but yeah, I was, I was hoping, you know, somebody would do something crazy the first night and just, you know, man, I, that's, that's shocking to me. I thought it would be open bar as I know, much as you that's wanted. What I thought just, too. That's exactly what I thought. That's so disappointing. I feel like they should I do know. a season where there's no two drink. Limit. I know. Like no was, two- I know because the, not not my not the season before mine, but two before mine. I, I watched it because I was not you know I wasn't not gonna you know educate myself on the show I was about to be on. Uh, you know, some guy you know stripped down into his underwear and went yeah. cool the first night. I mean, I, I was expecting something of that nature to happen, but it never did. To my disappointment, it was really disappointing. But no, they well, you said- they moderate that pretty strictly. I mean, there's a you know there's a whole like sheet, and you know they keep track. You know they keep a tally of. Amount of drinks you oh my god talk about a bad part-time job is like keeping tally i know i know i know i know i know yeah i know i know you said you did research though going on like you started watching a couple episodes on amazon prime then yeah and i mean did you wonder what the hell you had gotten yourself into when you watched the actual show or were you like okay this is par for course yeah you know what i so you know it was always kind of a plan of mine to you know at some point during my, you know, maybe, you know, I'd thought, you know, when I started working in finance, okay, maybe I'll do this for a few years, save up some money and go move out to California and, you know, pursue acting. But, you know, after reading more about the industry, it's just really hard to make that argument for yourself. Because as you know, like being an actor, becoming an actor is like joining the circus. I mean, people don't realize how much of a lottery it really is. Like there, even if you have everything going for you, if you have looks, if you can act, if you, it's still the right opportunity at the right time. You can get close. It's all about making. In fact, I, I'm saving this, but I did your, I did your intake at Leslie Kahn and company. I was, uh, we have a picture together. Actually. I was the guy that walked you through the program. Oh, wait, wait, Uh, you work at Leslie Kahn? Yeah, yeah. Well, I did. I worked there for like thirteen years. No kidding. This past year. Yeah, yeah. I think that's but that, uh, the best uh, the best acting school. Now. I just I learned so much uh, from Leslie Kahn. I mean, yeah. No, I remember all the girls were excited when you came in. I was excited because I'm a reality show fan, <laughs> and uh, it was. 
It's hilarious. Uh, it was, oh my gosh. It was pretty funny. You know, but you know, I'm saying, you know the deal. You know how hard it is yeah, and you know how yeah. hard actors work yeah. just to get the minimal opportunities, yeah. you know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I'm just, I'm just so grateful for t- just to have walked into the room for some of the auditions that I've had. I mean, it's just, uh, I, mean, I mean, it's crazy just to have gotten to, you know, audition for, you know, some of the even more minor roles uh, as they were, but I mean, it's, it's crazy, you know, the Leslie Khan, you know, I'll just say this just because you worked there because it was so impactful, you know, for me, I think I feel as though I learned more from, you know, three classes at Leslie Khan than I learned, you know, my entire college education, um, you know, just thinking character thoughts. Yeah, it's, it's you guys. I talk about this on the podcast sometimes, but just to remind you, it's the thought behind the line that you say. So <laughs> if I'm if I'm saying hi to JPJ and I like him, I go hi because the thought is, hey, I right. like you. But if I don't like JPJ, I go hi. So it, it like it colors the line with what we think. So you would break that. down yeah. every line in a comedic script. And he's talking about the comedy intensive, you guys, where it would be seven hour classes on Wednesday nights. And then you would rehearse with your classmates for three hours every day. So for that 15 day period, you are inundated. It's like being shoved down your throat, all of this information. Yeah. Yeah. And I still get, you know, I still get all my coaching from Leslie Khan, you know, uh, they're yeah. just, they're, they're, they're the best, you know, I just feel comfortable. Yeah. I just feel totally comfortable, you know, with their insight and uh, perspective on, you know, whatever performance I'm giving, they're really, really the best. That, that was, a, I was shocked at how impactful uh, that course was. Yeah. You really see it work for people, but I also think it's really, um, I like the progression of you do bachelor in paradise and then you say, okay, I want to keep doing this. But oh, yeah. I gotta actually, I, mean, just, I gotta actually learn how to do this even better than right. I already know. Yeah, and you know, I after Bachelor in Paradise, I was just lucky that an agent reached out to me. And I think it was, I don't know what episode it was, but in the middle of Paradise, you know, an agent called me and told me, "Hey, I'm watching your season. I'm watching Bachelor in Paradise. I think you're really great. We'd love to submit you for theatrical roles." And that was, that was it. You know, and in your head, though, I remember first coming to LA. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. So like probably a couple months I'll be discovered. I'll probably be working on film in the next year. Uh, you know, like I already, you have this kind of fallacy cause I, I went straight out of college Oh wow! and it is that thing if, you know, and I was like, oh, I've been acting since I was a kid. I know this stuff, right. this, you know, and then you get there and it is this l- slow trudge up this hill where everybody is doing the same thing. Did you have, uh, delusions uh, of grandeur? Oh yeah. Uh, ab- absolutely. I did have delusions of grandeur. No, no question about it. You know, I had a, you know, a, a big time manager, uh, for a little bit. Uh, I mean, two big time managers that kind of like, quarreled over representing me so i thought whoa i must be important you know this is kind of <laughs> i mean you know and i i mean i started go you know i started going out for i mean a lot of you know gosh i mean netflix shows uh you know that are popular and it was just crazy and then you know um i met one of my you know one of a good friend of mine who uh turned me on to writing you know because i you know i think uh you know that's just the best way to you know make a a living out of this is to you know create your own story content yeah, yeah i mean yeah. yeah yeah but uh you know yeah i absolutely had delusions of grandeur there's no question about it but i i was quickly humbled you know as soon as i went there i mean i, I went you know i started getting auditions while i was simultaneously working in finance and 
I just didn't want to pass up the opportunity to be on some of these great TV shows. Well, that's so, I mean, I've been an actor for so long and I hear that you, I'm like, wow, this guy knows how to financially, he's a financial analyst. Why would you ever want to be an actor? That's a real gig. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But I I know that, you know, I I, I think I I definitely value the security that comes along with that profession. I mean, you you have health, you know, health insurance, you know, a steady paycheck. That's great. But uh, just, I mean, the prospect prospect of being on one of your favorite Netflix TV shows. I mean, nothing compares to. Yeah, I mean, it, is, know, it can, is one of those. If you can yeah. create a, a memorable moment on one of those. I mean, I, yeah, gosh, I think that'd be, you know. Because that outlives you. Yeah. I mean, that, and it, as a kid, that's all you dream yes. about is like you watch TV and movies. I grew up in Kansas and I was like, oh, we're in there's Kansas. no way. We're in Kansas. Ola- uh, Olathe? Oh, cool, man. Uh, yeah. I lived in Lawrence uh, for. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. um, but I mean, I used to dream. I mean, I, I used to see Sunset Boulevard on, uh, you know, I'd watch Entertainment Tonight or Access Hollywood every yeah. night. And then to actually drive down that street still to this day, even as jaded as I am, I still get chills. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, yeah. wow, like who who would have thought a kid from Kansas even, uh, you know, yeah. all the way here. It's it's really it is intoxicating. Yeah. Just like I'm sure the bachelor process was intoxicating. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um Gosh, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'll never forget the, the first week that I spent out in uh, uh, L.A. I mean, my, luckily, my cousin was living there, so I crashed at her place for a little bit until I found some people to live with. And yeah, look, man, it was really, really humbling. I mean, I thought like, oh, you know, I, I booked like the first audition I ever got. Like, I'll probably be able to get the ball rolling. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. Quickly learned, you know, that was, you know, delusional, right? Um, and yeah, I started going to classes and that, you know, I, that humbled me even further. You know, I was in... I mean, the people in my classes were also on reality TV. So, you know, here I am thinking, oh, cool. You know, I have some camera experience. Great. But, you know, the, uh, these other people, you know, are the, in here, you know, we're all influencers, YouTubers, you know, people working a full time job that just want to do acting as a hobby. I mean, it, oh, yeah. You just, I mean, I was me. watching 16 year olds come into Leslie's that had like a million uh, Instagram followers, oh, you know, like they're gosh. like, oh, yeah, no, it's TikTok. I have, this. and I'm just be like, oh, I'm like, what? <laughs> what? what? I'm like, this is crazy. Like, I've, I've studied theater. I went to college like for theater, oh. and you guys, I mean, like, I have like 300 followers at the time, and these little yeah. kids have like, they're, they're, they have like mansions. You know? I know. It's insane. It's insane. The whole TikTok thing is, you know, beyond me. I'll never, you know, be on TikTok. It's just a, a collab, you know, the, the, whole, the whole, you say that now, you say that now, JPJ, whole, you'll be on TikTok before the year's over. I swear to God. Oh, that's, that's, you said you wouldn't have a podcast. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I mean, TikTok is, you know, a, a much bigger time suck. And I mean, the, the algorithm on that is freaky. It's designed to like forecast your deepest desires and it, you know, sucks you into this rabbit hole. I know how the whole thing works. I mean, I can go down the YouTube rabbit hole, a lot of the time. And I, I just, I know how that is. I'm just not willing to forfeit my free time like that. And, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure there are some scenarios in which, you know, a TikTok video will translate into an acting role, but I just really don't see that happening. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's one of those. And also just the more thought you put into it, the, the sadder I always feel. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. Okay, <laughs> I get these kids, uh, old man Bailey doing the uh, old TikTok, you know, I know, like, I know. Oh. I know. I, I, uh, that's the thing. I feel old. I feel too old for it. You know. I'm, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll it's like it feels eerie. Aren't, yeah, <laughs> I, I think the majority of users are in high school or college or something like that. I feel like yeah, and they're smarter and funnier than us. I like, know. That's what, I'm, like, that's what pisses me off the most is when they're good, and I'm like, <laughs> oh man, that's not good. Um, you guys, you just heard Devin Ruskin's voice. Now, Devin is something that I, I, I somebody I talk about, not her personally, but 
her capacity. She is JPJ's co-host on Jibber Jabber, but she also is the producer of the show. Now, this show is so in need of a producer, and you can hear immediately it is. it sounds good, it goes quick. Uh, but Devin, what is your experience so far working with JPJ? Is he a, is he a nightmare? Is, is it tyrannical? Do you want my honest opinion? No, I'm yes, just kidding. <laughs> He's great. Um, I've been having the time of my life. I was a big fan before, and I thought the world needs JPJ to have a podcast, even though it's incredibly hypocritical. Uh, <laughs> JPJ needs a podcast. No, he actually does need a podcast, and I believe you were one of the first people to actually suggest that and and kind of get the ball rolling, which I think is just a natural extension of the personality we see on JPJ. Um, but what are you uh, what are you looking forward to in the future in this podcast with JPJ? Um, hopefully, we take over the world. We get yeah, Olympic guests. Yeah. We it's, get it's just like acting. It's just like that. It's gonna be. It's gonna be within the month. Yeah, we're gonna take over the world. We're gonna talk to Obama. We're gonna talk to <laughs> who else? We're gonna. <laughs> talk to Fauci. We're going to talk to all the yeah. <laughs> big players in the world. Biden. But by the way, you probably will talk to like Tasha and, and uh, Adams and people like that from the, the bachelor, right? Like, I mean, I'm sure it's at I, some point. Yeah. I mean, that'd be great. Uh, I hope so. I'd be, I'd be down to have a conversation with Tasha. It's all, you know, it's all whether or not, you know, she would like to, you know, hop on as a guest. You know? Yeah. We I could, uh, we could do an episode with our exes. Yours is famous and mine is uh, wanting to be oh. a YouTuber. So <laughs> oh wow! I, well, I say that all the time because uh, of Jen, Jennifer, uh, uh, Jen Lopez, and Ben Affleck are getting back together, and I was like, yeah. I suggested to all my listeners, everybody needs to call their ex this summer and freak <laughs> them out and say, "Hey, Benifer, what do you think?" Uh, like, <laughs> you could just do an episode where you try to get back together with your ex and just uh, record the process of that. You know? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Uh, Devin, Devin, I know that you just got out of a five-year relationship. <laughs> it's never too late. By the way, you guys, they do have a good chemistry on the podcast, so it, it was something that I, I actually really enjoyed. Um, but uh, back to back to Bachelor in Paradise, you come back, you don't know if you're, you, you finally say you're going to do it in May, but the, the episodes start airing, do you immediately go on Tinder to see if more women are interested at that point? Like, do, so, you, what, do, you, so, do you get to feel your superpowers? That's, that's, a, that, that's a great question. So, uh, like, I think a week after filming, so, you know... The finale, you know, we shoot the, you know, the scene where I get off, right? I, like, you know, go out on a limb and profess my love for Tasha, right? I mean, because I'm just head over, yeah. head over heels for this girl. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, you you look like lovesick, man. Oh, like, I remember yeah, yeah. that, and I was like, I was like, ah, I was like, this guy doesn't realize this. I mean, like, he's like really in it. Like, he I mean, so intense. I yeah, yeah, because I mean, like, while you're there, you're just thinking you're you're just in groups talking about you know how much you like the other person you know it, and you're just that's all you're thinking about and that's all you really have time to think think about really and so you know I profess my love for her the last episode it's unrequited I go home you know all depressed and go to work the next day and you know go to finish work you know for the week and you know I go home for the weekend and you know so you know one of the uh, bachelor producers said they wanted to interview me. I thought, okay, you know, maybe this is for, you know, the finale episode or whatever. And, you know, so I'm sitting there, you know, answering questions, you know, to my producer. And then suddenly there's a knock at the door and, you know, lo and behold, it's Tasha, and I jump right back into it. So like, you know, just, you know, there were no, I, there were no other like 
prospects for me beyond Tasha. Guys, I hate to interrupt. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Interrupt this interview, but we need to do a commercial to keep the lights on. And also, isn't John Paul Jones great when he, he gets warmed up? Like, yeah, I really dig this guy. Anyways, here's a commercial. Guys, today's sponsor, as I said earlier, is HelloFresh again. HelloFresh is is amazing. You know, you get fresh pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. You can skip trips to the grocery store and you count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why it's America's number one meal kit. Now, folks, they sent me this and I actually have video. I took video, so I didn't want to ever be called a liar, of me cooking yeah, yeah. Like I said earlier, I can cook now because of HelloFresh. Uh, HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and grocery store trips with less prep, less effort, and minimal cleanup. That actually, I make everything a mess. And I got to tell you, this was not a mess as usually I make things. So yeah, I guess that is minimal. Uh, so you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in just about 30 minutes. HelloFresh's calorie smart options make it easier to enjoy tasty, lower calorie meals this summer without scouring the grocery store for ingredients and the web for easy recipes. It actually really is cool, guys. They put all of like the ingredients in these little pouches. So if you need dill, they have like little package of dill instead of having to go buy a whole bottle of dill. I keep saying dill and I don't know why I keep using it as an example. No, you can choose from over 50 menu and market items to, to go each week from vegetarian meals to craft burgers and extra special gourmet options all available. So there's something for everyone to enjoy with all recipes designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. So this was really cool. I got my box of HelloFresh, uh, and they sent me three meals, and I I, I made the, the chili one because I uh, it was the easiest, but then the other ones were just as easy. And it was really, uh, I, I mean, it was really filling. I, I kind of always get scared I'm not going to have enough food. I don't know why, but it, I'm that way. And this actually was insanely filling. And then I was able to take a bunch of pictures 
pictures. And I was like, oh, I can post these on social media and make myself look cool, you know? So you can do that as well. But if you guys want to try this, go to HelloFresh.com slash SoBad14 and use the code, the promo code SoBad14 for up to 14 free meals plus free shipping. Once again, that's HelloFresh.com slash SoBad14 and use code SoBad14 for up to 14 free meals plus free shipping. I mean, come on, do that for me. I, you also get something out of it too. It's free food. Who doesn't like free food? I love food. Okay, back to the show. But is there is there ever any aspect of it of like, uh, this is real? Why are the cameras here? I want our I, I don't want our love to be on on, on yeah like, yeah. Is, the, is there any I, part I, of that that gets you worried? Yeah yeah. I definitely you know I definitely had my suspicions. You know I was really you know weary at first because you know, I thought okay you know if this is legitimate why didn't you reach out to me on Instagram? You know and what and what what that's know. the normal way to do it by the yeah, way yeah why was i being cautioned <laughs> why, why, why was i told by many people not to reach out to her on instagram you know and so yeah just, I, I don't know and so uh like i'm i'm a typically you know i am a very private person i don't i don't talk a lot about my personal yeah you said that in the opening episode in, in one of your first like 10 lines you say i'm i'm normally a closed book yeah yeah for sure it's just you know people don't need to know everything about my life you know like the conversations you know for example that i have with you know my girlfriend right just nobody needs to know about that you know yeah you guys by the way he announced he has a girlfriend on instagram i'm sorry ladies and guys i'm sorry <laughs> he is presently taken it was a big he made it instagram official and you just heard a collective just, uh, gasp I mean, you uh, just, in America. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, you just get so many, you know, uh, I, I mean, you just get so many inquiries. I mean, there are magazines that reach out and ask about your dating life. And, you know, yeah. there are, you know, podcasters that reach out and ask about your dating life. That's just, you know, that's just a good way to put it to rest to be, you know, to let everyone. Oh, that's good. Yeah, stop. I like that. Yeah. No, I, you can stop inundating me with all this stuff. And, you know, um, and I think for, you know, for my girlfriend, it just kind of, you know, made it a little more you know, assured for her that, you know, I was, you know, serious about it and not, you know, going. To- yeah. You know what? I mean, even if you weren't on the bachelor, I love uh, Instagram people where it's girls and guys, they'll like, they'll have full girlfriends or boyfriends, but you'll see like an elbow in a picture. <laughs> like they work their way yeah. up to the picture. You'll see like a finger and you know, you're like, I think that's like another guy in that picture. And then eventually they do the, uh, the full announcement, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. was your girlfriend starstruck? Uh, when she swiped, you matched. Oh yeah. Um, I think there was a moment she like. I think there was a moment she realized like oh, I didn't. I thought it was. I think there was a moment she thought she was getting catfished, but you know. <laughs> I think there was a moment that she thought she was getting catfished, but when I when I showed up, I think you know, you know, she realized, oh my gosh, this is uh, the guy from The Bachelor. This is kind of weird. Uh, but you know, to to you know, uh, my disappointment. I was hoping you know I could just go out with a girl and you know she wouldn't have any knowledge of, you know, my past or, you know, my, uh, poor, uh, the, the poor decisions I've made in life, you know, in regards to, you know, going on to reality TV, <laughs> she knew all about it, but it, I mean, it, you know, she's totally cool, you know, with everything well, and, you know, she's really, you know, just super supportive and, you know, she's all about it. So it, no, it I mean, she, she yeah. I always think about the bachelor. It is so, it's like, 
the older I get, the more I'm like, guys, the show is kind of based in ridiculousness. You don't like, I mean, you don't find that's just not how this works. Like they're like, and they're always like, I know in this room, I, I thought my husband is in this room. I'm like, no, he's not. He's just absolutely is not in this room. Maybe for six months he's in this room and then he's not in this room. I'm, it's just not how relationships I'm, work. I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, I thought the exact same thing. I didn't think there was any chance, you know, I'd ever have uh, you know a real relationship coming out of it but when you're on in that environment you have no access to any outside opinion you have nobody that is, you can't be um, on your phone right you can't you have, be you, you have no you forfeit your phone uh your, all your personal devices you have no connection to the outside world everyone you're interacting with has some sort of emotional investment on what what's going on uh on set and so uh you're just like forced into this kind of like cult and um but I love that. I love that it is really these uh, extenuating circumstances that they put you in that makes it that much more intense for you guys. And even yeah. in Bachelor Paradise, it really seems like you're going to this island and you're going to hook up with somebody. Like you better hook up with you better pick somebody, or at least that's what it feels like right. because it I feels think, like just one giant Bachelor Island where you need to hook up. Yeah, that's right. a dream. And I, and I think that's. <laughs> and I think that's. You know what? That's interesting. You say that. And I think that's like a really common, you know, like misconception. I think it. You know, in my experience with running in, into people that, you know, aren't really familiar with the show that, you know, uh, someone will know, oh, you were the guy from Bachelor in Paradise. I would never watch that. It's very raunchy. You know, it's really not um, like, you know, Tasha and I never, you know, spent a night together on the show. It was very, you know, kind of it was sort of a really formal uh, dating scenario. Like, you know, we'd wake up meet each other on the beach and, you know, kind of, you know, the day was kind of our date. Right. And, you know, it was kind of a typical boyfriend, girlfriend scenario. And there, there really wasn't anything, you know, overly provocative or uh, like raunchy uh, about the experience. You know, I think people, you know, I, it's just my encounters that I've had with people, you know, they all, you know, they've, so, some people have, you know, reacted to me as if I were a porn star or something like that. No disrespect, <laughs> but I mean, it's just, it's not like that. People aren't just, you know, getting sloppy and hooking up with each other. That just doesn't happen. Well, it's, I mean, so, to be fair, also, it has happened a couple of times. It has happened a couple of times. For the majority of people, you know, I, I, you know, at least for Tate and I, we were very intentional, or, you know, about, um, you know, dating for the purpose of getting married afterwards because uh you know i've lived in the real you know i've lived in the real world by myself uh it's not a lot of fun uh you know working your job all day and just coming home to an empty apartment you know it's just ha having a partner to you know share the cost of living and that's uh, why you need a cat <laughs> no that is by the way you guys oh uh, we find out in the first never. episode of jibber jabber jpj is not a cat person that's uh, a huge Sorry. bombshell i'm revealed. so allergic to cats um my face so it's not a personal thing with cats it's just no. an allergy thing no it's not a personal thing it's just my face swells up my eyes get itchy and cats are killing machines man i mean they're <laughs> they're killing you know they're, they're killing mice they're killing birds <laughs> if they were big enough if that if you're if that little cute you know what, what you think <laughs> household cat were big enough it would go after you they're killing oh you. my god you know, oh, i wow, don't this is... i he don't starts beef with derek that. he starts beef with yeah. cats you got you guys got to get garfield on your show or somebody you got to get a cat of some sort to to cash this out um the I, you mentioned this interesting thing though of like you you were 
people are in it then to like potentially get married. I I mean, do do the contestants have to go to like major therapy after they come back? Like, because it really must mess with your head that you're like, and then the reality of real life isn't like that. You know, that's a, that's an excellent point. Um, yeah, you know, I, I'm very lucky that, you know, I have a, you know, I, I would say that my parents and my siblings are my therapists, you know, with them, I'm an open book. I tell them everything, right? Because I, tr- you know, I have, you know, the utmost trust with them. Um, so I, I think that people do need to go to therapy after the show because, you know, for me, <clears throat> better help. <clears throat> Yeah, better help. By the way, help. if you uh, JPJ is your code, you get ten uh, percent off your. Fr- uh, yeah, yeah. And also, uh, while we're at it, uh, Hello Fresh is uh, such a great uh, food, and, and Bowl and Branch is some of my favorite sheets that I've ever uh, had sheets on my bed with. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, it does. I, yeah, it's, it, you know, it's you crazy. S- but here's the thing: you, you know, you, um, you know, you agree to go on the show, and you, you agree to the potential of you know having a lot of uh like mental baggage uh after leaving the show and so you 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 agree to that before you go on and so i think you know it's for a lot of people it's imperative that you know that they do get uh therapy because it does mess with you psychologically i'll never forget when um you know tasha and i broke up you know people started hating me all of a sudden and you know uh sending me a lot of hate uh because tasha and i like just you know it just didn't work out right and so started losing instagram followers and just getting this huge influx of direct messages and it really like psychologically messed with me to my uh, surprise i just had no idea that i would be subject to that sort of like, emotional turmoil um yeah because it's just kind of like shocking that you know people would say the things that they would say and you never know like where these people are or if they're you know if there's actually some crazy person in la yeah they're faceless voices yeah yeah you never know what's going going to upset people i mean read the news you know i mean crazy stuff happens all the time i mean it wouldn't surprise me if some you know diehard fan was like you know uh you know uh just really wanted tasha and i to work out and wanted to do something you know erratic to to me, if you know. Well, you know, I mean, I upset people about reality show opinions. I mean, if I, I mean, like people like have their favorite characters and they take it really personally. Yeah, it's it's, it's nuts. very, they real. do. They do. I, I yeah. was, you know, I'm, and you know, I'll, I'll say this again, you know, I'm not really uh, today more so than I used to be. I used to just be completely, you know, ignorant to, you know, a lot of pop stuff that went on within pop culture. I just, I never watched the Jersey Shore uh, or any, you know, MTV or uh, Bravo. You never watch a Real Housewives show. Never, you never, never, never. I'd never, and, you know, uh, and, I, and I'd never kept up with, you know, the, the Bachelor news, you know, which, you know, evidently is a, a large. You know, it's a lot. Yeah, There's a lot of a Bachelor lot of news out all there. The I just time. didn't know yeah. it was a thing. And I, 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 I never expected to be affected by that in any way but you know anyway you know there there is a lot of you know emotional baggage that you wind up having you know if things go wrong because it's just unavoidable you know there are going to be articles written about you you know there were a few like unfavorable articles written about me saying that i was too immature for tasha and uh these were like these were big publications you know you know there were all the you know there's a lot there was a lot of misinformation out there and you can't do anything about it you know and you you kind of have to you kind of have to accept that people are, you know, a, you know, you learn that not everything that, you know, the media publishes is fact. Right. Uh, and B that's going to somehow affect you psychologically. You know, I was just, uh, you know, a financial analyst, uh, living in Atlanta, Maryland. Uh, you know, I think I had three, 
three or 400 Instagram followers before the whole thing. And, you know, I think, you know, I was on the local news once in my life. That was like the, and that was exciting because I was on the local news for a second. I was, you know, I sprinted out uh, in the middle of this massive road race and so it was me in front of all these people. I think it's on my Instagram. You can see the photo, but that, but for a second I was on TV and that was really exciting. That, oh yeah. You know, I, I thought that was a big deal, right? But I mean, I just uh, was completely unaware of a lot of the, uh, you know, the emotional turmoil that you'd be subject to while after, while going on reality TV, and that that, that really affected me while going into the room because, you know, I, I was always on edge and I, I just couldn't step into the room and just exclusively think character thoughts, you know, and yeah, the whole. When also people want to people want to meet you, like a lot of casting directors watch these shows oh, and they're, they're like wow let's talk let's talk bachelor oh my you know, gosh I, I hear yeah. it all the time a couple me. of times i've walked into the room and you know there's usually just the kid you know uh you know the person that will you know read the the other yeah, yeah, the yeah. character's lines for you, read maybe with you yeah. in, the, in the camera recorder and one time you know uh, a couple of times the casting director walked in and you know went jpj can i get a picture with you oh, <laughs> I love you're you. not gonna get this part but i'd love a picture <laughs> i know i know i know it's hilarious i mean it's, it's happened a few times and you know i don't, I don't blame them you know because i mean during those particular scenarios i'm sure there was somebody that gave a, a better performance than me or you know somebody had you know for whatever reason had you know a better look whatever the case may be but yeah i just wasn't able to step away from you know a lot of that emotional turmoil that like came uh, from being on reality TV. I mean, when, you know, it was just a shock to see, you know, uh, like us weekly post JPJ too immature for Tasha. (laughs) Screw you us weekly. Dare you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, The, the, my perception of bachelor nation um it's like you get off the show and then it feels like according to all of like everything that you read and all these reunions is that you're almost required to still only date within the bachelor nation uh group like it is it seems like there was that one guy that was hooking up with like many people at stagecoach and he got busted for it and like yeah. it's yeah. and i'm like are you guys is there like some big text chain yeah, where no, they tell you yeah. you can only date these mm. people from here on out no 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 so like i i mean i I think there's like you know i'll just go out and say it i think there's a large like you know career and you know instagram financial incentive to you know date people within bachelor nation because i think people just a like people love bachelor you know the bachelor fans love yeah. bachelor nation people and it really intrigues them when that like some of their favorite characters wind up dating they just love it right and so that you know that creates a lot of interest in you know uh, you can definitely you know capitalize on that and did you have a lot of girls in bachelor nation kind of target you after you were eligible maybe i mean not target but like just express interest yeah look i i really don't know i wasn't really paying attention to it uh truthfully out because you know uh, so i moved out to la after bachelor in paradise and i was just set on you know refining my acting craft just getting as good at acting as i possibly could and just immersing myself in it and so i just really detached from, you know, Bachelor Nation and, uh, you know, the meet, you know, and everything in the press. I just, I just tried to walk away from it completely because it was just me- It was just messing, you know, with my ability to focus and really, you know, step into the scene when I needed to. And so there, there may or may not have been, uh, yeah. you know. I- well, I mean, what was the, was there a temptation to 
kind of, st- I mean, they do reuse so many, like, you know, is there a temptation to be like, I want to get on a BIP again? Like put me on Bachelor no, of Paradise. No. I know you have a girlfriend now, but yeah, yeah, no, was there that no, like, there was please never, keep using me? No, no, there was never a temptation to go back That's what I, yeah. again. Yeah, I was There just- is for this girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, by the way, De- Devin is itching to get on. Devin is, but, Devin but Devin more BIP. Earlier, Devin told me earlier she can't get on because they might have a height requirement. Yeah, I feel like John, you are six four. I'm five foot one. There's no way I could go on there. And also, Bachelor in Paradise yeah, like, for oh, guys, you're, you're petite. Like that's okay. We need more guys without abs on the Bachelor yeah. franchise. Where I, where who are the people that will speak for people like me? You know, we uh, need an average looking bachelor. Yes, we need more. I mean, come on. We need more dad yes, exactly. Could you have a dad bod season? Yeah, that would be amazing. We need I a season with awesome. like fours I... to sixes instead of well, like you eight guys... up. I think the did you guys I... freak out about Tyler Cameron? Were you guys like, damn, that guy's like? Were all the guys intimidated by and his modelness? You know what? I remember the first. I, I just remember the the first night so well because my my sense of you know awareness was just heightened the entire time and. Uh, I remember he didn't he didn't get time with Hannah Brown the first night. And so I remember he didn't need it. He's that good looking. He did not need <laughs> well, time with Hannah. But, Brown. But like he didn't look. I remember like, you know, his hair was kind of off. I didn't think he was like the stud that he was at the time. I thought, OK, this guy's going probably going home. I thought probably, <laughs> I thought he was going. I thought it was possible he was going home the first night with a lot of other guys that made it really far. So I remember making this little list of thinking of just to, just to like boost my confidence because I, I just didn't want to. You know, I just wanted to have a sense of certainty that I'd be going to the next round because I, you know, you I made a list. Were... Oh yeah, I made a list. JPJ's list. Do you still ha- do you still have that list? I'd love to put it in my reality show museum. That's, uh, that's <laughs> I may or may not. I think I still have that. Nope. I think I still have that. I may have that piece of oh whoops. I may have that piece of paper lying around somewhere. But I remember making a list of all the guys. You know, before we went into the rose ceremony of okay, like you know, this is the. I remember going to the bathroom looking. Okay, like I, I probably have like a fifteen percent. I probably have like a. 40% chance of like making it because here are all the guys that didn't talk to Hannah. Here Your financial here. analyzing was. <laughs> yeah. In oh yeah. Right there. Oh yeah. 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 I'm very analytical. And you know, I mean, this was, you know, this was my only chance to, you know, create like interesting moments for people to see. And, you know, uh, had I not made it past that first round, there's just no chance I ever would have been able to have pursued acting. There's just, it's just wouldn't have been possible. I just wouldn't have been able to make the case to quit my job and move out to Los Angeles. It just didn't make any sense. You know, it I, is. I mean, like, I, I didn't know it's such a, pi- it's such a pipe dream and it, it really is. It is. I mean, it, 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 but you, but what I'm saying, you, you used it perfectly because you do need that little bit of push nowadays to get you in the room, to have a little bit of heat. And that way, you know, if you use that heat, well and i think you are like you can you can but obviously we all got stunted with the pandemic and stuff and it kind of completely yeah. obliterated our industry in a lot of ways yeah will you stay in maryland actually or are you are you, are you putting auditions on tape yeah or what, so, oh, yeah say? so yeah look uh look ryan i'm as a as a, a lot of actors i'm sure in this similar dilemma you know i'm in between a rock and a hard place all of my auditions have been via self-tape so until I start getting called yeah. in the room, you know, to be in the room in person, I'm going to be staying in Maryland because during COVID, the quality of life in L.A. was just, you know. Well, you I mean, it's amazing. It's really scary. It's quiet. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> like stayed here the whole time. Yeah. But I mean, gosh, I don't know about you, but, you know, during the pandemic, you know, when the, when the pandemic first hit, you know, I was in Santa Monica and it's, it's pretty, you know, that's a, that's a neighborhood where, you know. People are typically out and about, you know, not working at home for their jobs. They're going to their, you know, respective uh, workplace and they're, they're not home. But suddenly, you know, when 
things shut down. Everybody was home. There was all this noise pollution. I have an audition where I'd have to scream or say something loudly. And I'd do that. And all the neighbors would yell at me for interrupting. Uh, and there was just, you know, noise coming from every direction. And uh, the streets were suddenly filled with people just walking around. And, you know, there was a lot of civil unrest during that time, too. And it was just. Yeah, yeah. It was it was one thing after the other that just was. I, I just remember recording all night and just like, especially during the riots. Yeah. And the, I, I got notified. I don't know about you. I got uh, notifications on my phone to evacuate the area because of the civil unrest. It was just crazy. Yeah. It was crazy. Just as. Yeah. I mean, my my I live on uh, Melrose off Melrose. In, oh, nice. Uh, and right where they are like burned a building right next to the Starbucks yeah. which is, like, a half a block from where I am. Yeah. And all of a sudden I, my mom's like, I see your place on the news, you know, mm. like, of course it's near fire, but like <laughs> it, it was, it was, re- and, and on top of that, we were so desensitized too, because we were on, we were like six months into the pandemic or something. So it was just such a wild year, especially for actors. And I don't, yeah. I, it'll be interesting to see how we rebuild. And also you've been trained to like audition in rooms and stuff and to go Back to auditioning on tape, there's just kind of a a weird little thing you have to get used to. Right. Um, right. But we're we're doing it. Um, as we start winding down here, I know I get, we got to get you out, but this has been awesome. Uh, just a couple quick things about: Are you watching this season of The Bachelorette? Yeah, I I uh, yeah, I actually am. Um, I am watching this season of The Bachelorette. You know, now, who do you think is gonna? Who do you think is gonna take it home? I think I think Blake <laughs> probably is Blake's going to win. Yeah, I think. Wait, you don't think Greg? No, no, I just, you know, he, he just doesn't have that self-assurance that I think is really, you know, necessary to like, you know, push Katie over the edge. And Can uh, I just put this out there? Um, yeah. You have a huge platform. So if Greg, you're ever listening, I would love to take you out. Oh, guys, I heard, I heard, Greg, I heard Greg might, I heard Greg might not be here for the right I reasons. Know. I heard Greg might not be here for the right reasons. I heard reasons he's an guys. actor as well. I heard he's I heard he's tried to be on the show multiple multiple times. Oh wow! Well, if I went on The Bachelor, I absolutely <laughs> would not go for the right reasons. But no. But yeah. by the way, why would wait? I I think it's even creepier if Greg was like, "No, I'm insanely in love with Katie from the moment I've ever seen." Like that's to me even yeah. scarier than like I would rather it be somebody that's just like, "Yeah, I'm open to love and and I thought this would be fun." Like it's weirder if you're more, going in yeah. for like that one specific person. If you're upset, if yeah. you're obsessed, yeah. yeah. But I love all that is one of the fun parts is seeing the guys watch the other like guys come back from their dates, you know, and they're like, how'd it go? <laughs> and then they're like, and they're like, it was great. It was magical. No, and all the mm, other guys are like, great. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, there is that kind of funny element to that, which you have been a part of. Yeah, yeah, there definitely is that funny element. And, you know, I, I will say about this season, um, you know, it, it does feel a little bit different without Chris Harrison, I think. Like, that's what I was going to ask is, is what, what is your take on all that? Yeah. Like, he seemed like a genuinely, it, I mean, he really was the face of that franchise and it's a huge, and we got Tasha and, and Caitlin in there for him. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So it, I think it changed the dynamic a little bit of the show because I think Chris Harrison is typically this really unbiased, uh, you know, detached, you know, mediator between, you know, the lead and the contestants, right? Now you have, these two contestants, you know, that are, you know, effectively supporting Katie, right? Like, it, you know, it just seems like with Peter and uh, the previous Bachelor, uh, Matt James, I, I, I didn't watch a whole lot of his season, but I read, you know, the news snooze fest. Um, <laughs> you didn't miss anything. <laughs> yeah, but, but but it seemed like, you know, he, he got sort of, I, I guess, like unfavorable treatment, you know, from 
Chris Har- from Chris Harris, maybe well, and, and, Chris Harris. Yeah, I mean, Chris Harrison said a lot of things, and he mansplained a lot of things, and he just, you know, didn't let. Um, he, it didn't seem like it seemed like he was pretty set in his opinions on certain things, right? That I didn't think served him well, but I, but, I honestly didn't think he would be. Uh, I still thought he would ride that out. Yeah, I'm fine yeah, with but, the two hosts. Well, I love it. But don't you feel like it's too little bit of like a, a pajama party of like, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like th- th- that's exactly it. It's like, or, or maybe, you know, may, may, I feel like the, the board is kind of tilted to, you know, uh, sir, maybe, you know, be in favor of, you know, the women more so than the men a little bit, you know, because, you know, Pilot Pete and Matt James, I mean, I think they just kind of got trashed, you know, and like, and then they, they, they kind of got trashed by, you know, like, it, it just seems, I, I don't know what the case, you know, is, but like Pete and uh, Matt James, maybe they did it to them, to themselves or, you know, maybe they were influenced, but it just, they just got, they were the leads of the show and they just kind of got trashed by, I don't know if it was. But I think that's kind of part of it as we get further into pop culture and stuff is we love to tear down, yeah. you know, like we, yeah. but we're all very sophisticated viewers now as well. And we've seen this like, and we're like, oh, you're going to pull this crap with us. Like we know we, Hey, that's a, this ain't season seven, buddy. Like we get really, we get really, we know this stuff. People don't realize the audiences are really sophisticated now and we've grown up on reality shows. So we know this like the back of our hands. And if we feel like we're giving, like getting fake stuff, I think that also plays into it. And plus, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pilot Pete was really into windmills and that was weird. (laughs) I think JPJ wants to be the next host of The Bachelor. Oh, well, I mean, no, well, but but Devin, could you ever see yourself? Stop. No, but could that that was a question. Could you ever see yourself doing that? Because I think there is Chris Harrison had a certain detachment that I thought where it was like, <laughs> yeah. it it wasn't like with Tasha and Caitlin, I feel like they're on her. Uh, they're on her level. Right, and right, it's like, right. They're, they're not above the show. They're like a her girl group. Yeah. And yeah. So it doesn't have that tension where Chris yeah, would yeah, like pop, exactly. pop out of bushes exactly. and it'd be Excellent. like, looks like you're having a rough time. Point, Ryan, I think you hit the nail on the head. Yeah. There's just not that tension between, you know, the lead. It, it seems like Katie's kind of got the, the, the road paved for her and, you know, it seems like she can do no wrong, but she seems like an awesome, really fun girl, you know, and you know, what? no, I'm, they seem awesome. Yeah. But, and, and let me give Katie, let me give Katie Thurston some credit. She is a really cool uh, girl. Okay. She's hanging out. Everybody like, she's, says that. Yeah. She's, she's just, you know, I was looking on her Instagram the other day. She's hanging out with those right now today. She's hanging out with the people, you know, who she sent home and she has a really cordial, friendly relationship with a lot of those guys. And I think, Oh my God, they're probably tortured. They're probably <laughs> like, like still psychologically. Uh, yeah, like, really I, know. Up. I know, but she's just so cool and like friendly with all the guys. So, you know, th- that's really cool to see, but you know, I, I, I think as the host of the show, you need, uh, it's, it seems, you know, like you said, like a like a tea party, a little like a pajama party. A little I bit. love it. Well, but by the way, that but I love that some people love it. It's just that I guess we're all I'm kind of stuck in the old thing of like having somebody that is like Chris Harrison's like you're not like screw that guy. And you're not like, yeah, right. that guy, that guy's just, He's just there. Through. Yeah. And he's like, this is the final, this is the final rose for tonight. And it's, there's a, there's a gravitas about it. Yeah. A gravitas where sometimes the girls don't put that tension in there that I think it, and I don't know. I think you need somebody a little vanilla. Yeah. Uh, and these girls are like trained to be like, uh, you know, bachelor assassins where they, yeah. they know their, they know their way around a talking head. They know the right things to say. Right. I mean, people are trained on talking heads now and I feel like they're always going to have a huge smile right. and a laugh and, they're really good at what they do. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if they grow into it. Yeah. If they they stay the hosts, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And I and I also will say this: just 
not having the the location not be in Malibu just kind of throws me off a little bit. Like I'm used all, to bat- all reality shows. All all reality shows are in one location now, and it's like yeah, they're like just- they they made it like Seattle's Pikes Peak. And they're like, oh, yeah. we're gonna throw a fish like in Seattle, and it was so weird. Yeah, and you're just so you're like, it's- I get it. We're not we're in COVID. I get. it. I know, I know, but it's uh, yeah, we we are in co- true, but like it, it it's just it, the, the, if it's not at the Bachelor Mansion, it just doesn't feel like the Bachelor to me. Yeah, you know, it, but we'll get that, back like, there. Oh. We'll get back there. Just like we're gonna get back to acting auditions in person. We're gonna get back to all of this stuff and luckily all of these franchises have survived and luckily we have your podcast to (laughs) lean on in uh in the interim now uh you guys uh, i implored you at the beginning you go subscribe right now to jibber jabber with jpj uh you've heard him he's great the first episode i think will sell you right there uh his producer devin ruskin is amazing as well we got to support these things they are part of the cloud 10 iHeartRadio family but also you would listen to this regardless of where they're where they landed um but i really want to see this podcast grow and i think it will and you got to have tasha on i'm telling you this would be podcast gold i would I, love to tay tay you got i mean i, I would love to have a delightful conversation with you we Wishing you well. Yeah. So Hannah Burner is already on. He has like a string of really great guests lined up and I'm excited to hear him grow. I think he has a unique perspective and you already love him. So go support this podcast. I'm telling you, this might be the best Bachelor podcast because it, you know, it's definitely not the first one, but hopefully it is going to be the best one. And uh, is there anything else that we can support you with? I know you already have 8 million followers on Instagram, so I don't need to help you there. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, no, I, I think you covered the gamut, uh, Ryan. And hey, uh, Ryan, I, I really appreciate your professionalism. Um, and I've learned a, a, a lot of little bits uh, just from like watching you on this podcast. I've, I've, I'm so sorry. I'm, do not pick up anything I do. No, so no, 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 no. I see the Leslie Kahn education in full effect, Ryan. <laughs> I mean, you've really gotten it down and gosh, you know, I'd love to talk to you about a lot of other things. Like I saw you, you produced an episode of The Office. I mean, I was, no, I was, I was acted in. I didn't produce. Oh, I saw your IMDb like produce. God, IMDb is crazy. Maybe, maybe it, uh, no, I produce another thing, but, uh, but I I would love, maybe I'm just going to say that for me. If that's what my IMDb says, (laughs) I produce The Office, you guys, I produce The Office. But if you... Yeah, go ahead. If there's ever anything you need, let me know. Uh, both of you and Devin, you guys were amazing. I really wish you guys the most success. Uh, and I, uh, you already have one fan, one listener here. So um, I just can't wait. Every Thursday, you guys, every Thursday, a new episode drops. If you subscribe to it, it'll show up right in your podcasting feed. Once again, rate him five stars, even without listening to it. Because most of the time we do these things for free. This is You don't get into this for the millions of dollars uh, like TV. But uh, you do this out of some sort of love and I think uh, I think JPJ has that so uh, hopefully we will talk to you guys again soon on this podcast well thank you so much and vice versa with you Ryan everything you just said you're yeah really, if anybody if really any a, guest bails out I'll be on yours yeah any we'd love to have you're you you're really a true professional and uh, yeah really really a pre- you're really an, an entertaining personality yourself man so I'll, I'll be I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll be I'll be keeping an eye out there for you as well man and yeah you'll be getting a Thanks, five dude. star rating from me and uh, you know, all the good things you just said about me, you know, apply to you tenfold. I'm taking it back after this so we can start a podcast war. So other than that, uh, this, this is the last time we'll be friendly to each other. Um, but you guys, uh, Jibber Jabber with JPJ. And uh, thank you so much, you guys. Thanks again. Hey, thanks a lot, Ryan. Five, four, three.
Betches.